Christmas is a wonderful time of the year. Many traditions are found at this time, like foods, decorations, parties, gifts, songs, and yes, even movies. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. I'm sure we all have our favorite Christmas movies, right? It could be White Christmas, Frosty, Die Hard, or even one that I didn't mention. In this series, we're going to pull out biblical truths that can help each of us live lives better from four Christmas favorite movies. We hope you enjoy. You know, last week I talked about our core values and life change. So we're going to have a testimony. Uh, I'm going to do an inner, no. Um, Hey, before we get into the message, was that not awesome hearing Jessica sing that song? I, um, I just sometimes wish we could all watch up close each other's lives, but um, I'll just say this, like a, a proud brother or a proud dad, I could probably be, I might be that old, but, but just if you knew Jessica's story and to see her up here be a part of our worship team and then to sing that song, uh, what a blessing. And God is truly in the business of changing lives. Amen. So, yeah, yeah, it's just good stuff. So, um, you may or may not know uh, Christmas is right around the corner, like three weeks from tomorrow kind of thing. And, um, you know, you know this by <laughs> seeing all the trees and all the lights, and every station seems to be playing Christmas music. And then, you know, if you go through the, the this is a remote control, by the way, um, you see all these movies popping up. Like last night, my daughter-in-law and my granddaughter spent the night, and we were um, just going through the channel later in the evening, quieting down, and and it was one Christmas movie after another. But um, that just kind of, you know, you got these songs and the lights and all that, but you got the Christmas movies, right? And some of you like it and some of you don't, you know, the Hallmark Christmas movies and all that other stuff. But if I were to ask you, and at home, welcome, if I were to ask you, um, what your favorite Christmas movie is, what would that be? What would your answer be? And, you know, for some of you, it might have been Elf. But for me, it's uh, definitely, uh, it's a wonderful life. And, and I think a lot of times our answers are associated with the, what that does for us, that movie. And, you know, I was, I, I was a young father, and uh, I remember it was Christmas time, and all the lights in the house were off except for the Christmas tree. And um, my wife was out uh, probably Christmas shopping, and Drew was two years old at the time, laying on my chest, and I just had him right here and watching It's a Wonderful Life. I'm like, God, it doesn't get any better than this, you know? So that's probably why that movie always stands out, but um, as we walk into this new sermon series called Christmas at the Movies, what we're going to do is we're just going to take a look at four kind of holiday favorites. And uh, we're going to take biblical truths out of those that I believe will practically help us during this time of year. Amen? So before we walk into that, uh, let's pray. Father in heaven, um, thank you for what you did first service. And God, we would ask um, for you to do what needs to be done second service. Um, You know uh, there's different people in here, different circumstances, uh, but you're the same God and the same Holy Spirit. So we ask that you would do your thing as we um, look into your word, that you would meet us where we're at, God, and and encourage us, uh, not just for change during the week, but maybe even change right here, right now, Uh, maybe a change of perspective, and particularly with the topic that we're talking about, Lord, I think all of us uh, deal with this, so help us. Thank you 
um, in Jesus' name. All God's people said? Amen. Amen. So it's, it's Question Sunday. I've already asked you what your favorite Christmas movie is, but um, what, what brings a smile to your face? What is it that brings a smile to your face? And I, I kind of think about that and, and answer that in your own heart and mind. But with that, in contrast, what um, turns that smile upside down? What, what, what brings a frown to your face? Or another way of asking this question is, what brings you joy and what causes you stress? And I think all of us can answer these questions. And that's what we're going to focus about today, uh, using uh, my friend Buddy here uh, as an illustration. But more importantly, we'll get into Scripture and find out what it is. So in reference to this, um, if you haven't seen the movie Elf, this is my friend Will Ferrell. Say hi. Hi. And um, (laughs) okay, let's just say this. This is better having this than me wearing that outfit. Can we hear an amen? All right, because there was that discussion at one point. Um, It was shot down. Uh, But Elf is a story of of, of Will Ferrell's character, Buddy. And, And at the beginning, he's an elf and and he's, you know, he loves Santa Claus and, and making presents and all of his elf buddies. But then he has to have this serious talk with his adopted dad. And uh, he sits, is it on Bob Newhart? Yeah, on his, <laughs> sits on Bob Newhart's lap. And, and Bob says this, you are not an elf. You are not an elf. Now, we could laugh, we could smile and joke, but seriously, you think about this. His life was smiles, his life was joy, everything was good. But you can imagine, in real life, if that was said, that, that, that's a game changer, amen? Like, all of a sudden, this bomb is dropped in his lap. All of a sudden, what was is no longer. And so, he's devastated, and then he goes to New York City, on a journey to find his real dad. I I use that as an illustration because life is like that in 2023, or can be like that, can't it? Where you've got this smile, you've got this joy, everything's good, but someone could say something, do something, or you could experience something, and all of a sudden your world is turned inside out, upside down. Does that make sense? So we're tracking on that? Well, this is fictional. But there's a story that's in the scriptures that tells us about someone that everything was going great and then all of a sudden they got this information and their life would never be the same. Open up your Bibles and we're going to look at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. In the world, in, in verse, and in, we're going to sorry, we're going to start in verse uh, twenty-six. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man by the name of Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, "Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is what? The Lord is with you." Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not what? Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive, like this gets really good here. 
You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the God Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never what? It's never going to end. Now, this is classic, because we need to pause for a moment. You know, Pastor Rob likes to do this with Scripture. I like to, I like to just kind of get in there. And I like to pretend I'm that person, you know, and uh, just see what it would feel like and, and be like. Now, it's hard to imagine what a 12-year-old, 13-year-old girl feels like, okay? I, I got that, you know, 55-year-old male. But think about this. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about a fifth grader today, a sixth grader, maybe a seventh grade girl. Uh, that's where Mary was, maybe between the ages of 12 to 14. And she's, she's excited, She's got her marriages coming up. She's engaged. Uh, and, and now this is textual freedom. I know this, but let's just play here that she's picking her colors. I'm not thinking they're picking colors back in the day. She's doing the vendor thing. She's finding her location, you know, where the wedding's going to be and, and tasting the food and the cake and all that kind of stuff. Now, again, I know that's probably not what, what the customs were, but she was excited you know, this was going to be something where she had some attention drawn to her because let's be real, in this society, in this culture at this time, she was really insignificant. Women were not looked upon more than, okay, you're going to birth ch children and you're going to cook food and, and all that. But the good thing is Jesus changed all that, amen? Jesus changed all that. And, and yet that's where she was. She was but this was going to be a big thing. She was going to get married. Attention was going to be on her. She was excited. And then she has this visit from an angel. Now, remember, what turns that smile upside down? I, I believe this is kind of one of those moments where Mary has got this excitement in her life. She's got this joy in her life. And then she has a visit from an angel. And all of a sudden, her life would forever change. Now you're like, what, pastor? That's a good thing, man. She's gonna, she, out of all the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of women, she was picked to deliver the son of God. Yes, but she didn't have the book in her hands. Can I hear an amen to that? She didn't know all that was gonna happen. She only had this one moment with this angel and, and, and the Bible says, what was her response? She was greatly, she was greatly troubled at this news. She didn't go, oh, praise Jesus. Oh my gosh, God is so good. Is that a good 12-year-old, 13-year-old girl voice? Probably not. Eh? All right. I'll do better. But you, you know what I'm saying? She's not like, ah, this is good news. This is great, God. Finally, yeah, me, the Messiah. No. She's got her mind here. She's happy. And all of a sudden, her world is turned upside down, inside out. And here's what I know. I know you know this. I know there's been times in your life where everything was going one way and then something happened or something was said or something was done and everything changed. Are you with me? And so that's what we're looking at here, whether it's Mary or Elf, let's pay attention more to Mary here. Her life would forever be changed. How will this be was her response. She asked the angel, since I am a virgin. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Number one, Stress. How many of you are so excited to talk about stress right now? Yeah, that's what I thought. Try and study about it for hours. 
I mean, it's kind of depressing to be honest, you know, it's like, ah, you know, but I did. And, and, and there's some new things out there that I heard and, and, and I'm not going to spend much time on this, but we need to talk about this because it's real. It may be real in your life at a high level at this moment. And if it's not real in your life, I guarantee you, you know, somebody that has stress at a very high level that you may be empowered today to be able to share. Hey, I was at church today. We talked about Elf. It got us over to Mary and it got me to you. Let me tell you what I learned. Amen. So this might not just be for you right now, but you may be coming in contact with someone this afternoon that this is going to empower you to share some good news with them. Amen. So here's, here's what I know about stress. The, the, the dictionary says this, Webster's. Stress, it's a state of worry or mental tension caused by a difficult situation. Caused by a difficult situation. That's why I know because you live in this world, you deal with stress. None of us are immune to this. As a matter of fact, stress is a natural human response that prompts us to address challenges and threats in our lives. Everybody, everybody. What's everybody mean? Everybody. Every one of us experiences stress. Stress is not evil. Stress is not something like you should be shameful about. It's at what level we allow that to get to, get to us and what level it takes over our lives. But just natural stress is part of human living. And I'm emphasizing that because we're going to talk about that a little bit later. What causes stress? Don't say Pastor Rob. Don't look at the person next to you. <laughs> I saw, no, no, no. What causes stress? Well, we could, we, we could list a lot of things. But um, feeling uh, lots of pressure, that could cause stress, right? Um, how about face big changes in your life? That could cause stress. You're, you're moving, right? Uh, you know, there's different job, uh, relationship change, all those kind of things. Um, how about facing big changes? Or, or how about worried about something? None of us here. It was all the people in first service and online, right? But the joking aside, worrying about something causes stress. Uh, Another uh, cause of stress is you don't have much control or any over the outcome of a situation, right? If you don't have any control, that causes what? Stress. Uh, Maybe you're going through a period of uncertainty. That causes stress. Uh, Money causes stress. Future, thinking about the future causes stress. Fear, me talking about stress causes stress. And how about this one? The big H, the holidays. The holidays can cause stress. It's, it's added stress. And, and typically for most people, uh, the holidays is, is one of the most stressful times for a lot of different reasons. And that's why I wanted to talk about it today. What are emotional signs of stress? Uh, crying spells, um, burst of anger, um, losing interest in daily activities, fatigue, feeling guilt or hopelessness, um, avoiding family, friends. I would add church. You know, those things that we ought to be involved in, we, we get out and we isolate, don't we? It seems like the more stressed we are, the more we do that. Yes? Again, not you personally, but all the other people. All right. This is real. But if you check, check some of these boxes that I've mentioned and some of these emotional uh, stress signs, you know, burst of anger or crying spells or fatigue or withdrawal, that doesn't make you a bad person. 
Did you hear that? That's, that's probably one of the biggest things that's on my heart today to communicate. Just because you deal with stress at high levels, beyond just the normal things that we ought to you know, have that little minimal stress level, but we're talking about the stuff that gets us to these places of the uncontrollable crying, the, the, the withdrawing, the burst of anger. And by the way, um, I've dealt with this because I don't, I, don't, I don't consider myself a, per, a stressful person, um, but then I go to the doctors and they say, what do you do for a living? And I tell them and you go, well, you got a lot of stress. <laughs> I'm like, no. But we could be really stressed and not know it, right? But our body tells us through all kinds of things. It could be cholesterol, it could be high blood pressure, it could be diabetes, it could be pain, you know, back pains. I mean, stress manifests itself in so many ways, doesn't it, church? So this is a real topic that we really need to pay attention to. But the emphasis that I want to hit on right now is if you experience stress at high levels or any level that seems to lead you to some unhealthy things, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. And then especially for you, that's the Christian. Here's what I've learned in ministry and about myself, that for some reason, whether we've heard it or made it up ourselves, that we as Christians think that we should not have stress. And that if we do have stress and if it's out of control, then we're a bad person. That's a lie from the devil. Did you hear me? That's a lie from the devil. You are not a bad person if, 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 if there's stress in your life or stress that's uncontrollable. Now, does God want you to live there in that? No, of course he wants something better for you. He wants something different from you, but he's not writing you off because this is something that you struggle with. And you go, well, pastor, that's a pretty bold statement to make. And I know it is, but biblically, I think I could back it up even with today's story. Let's, let's, let's look back at the story that we read about Mary. In verse chapter uh, one of Luke, verse 29, after she heard that she's gonna conceive, that she's pregnant, and by the way, we don't need to go into all the details, right? Mary's stressed, not only because of what the, the angel had told her, and like if she said, okay, fine, that's all true, she's got some She's got some splaining to do, as Ricky Ricardo would say to Lucy. You got some splaining to do. Because she knows. I'm not going to give you the birds and the bees. That would stress you out from Pastor Rob. But she knows. She went to school. How these things happen. She knows her and Joseph haven't done those things. And she knows that she's going to have to tell her soon-to-be husband that she's pregnant. And he's got some questions then. Are you with me? So let's say that Joseph's going to respond fine, but she's got to tell her family, her family. That's going to bring disgrace to her family. So she's going to be concerned and stressed and overwhelmed about how her family's going to respond. Now let's say Joseph responds well. Let's say her family responds well. Culture in her community is not going to... So she's got all of this stress all of this change, all of this unknown that's come upon her at one time. Are you with me? So of course, in Luke 1.29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting was this. But wait a second. Wasn't she the one that, that the angel said, Mary, you are highly favored. 
You are highly favored in the eyes of God. So God sees something absolutely amazing about Mary. And so this amazing woman is supposed to have an amazing response to this amazing message. But her response wasn't amazing. It was less than amazing, but it was human. She was greatly troubled. And God didn't go, okay, get back up here, Gabriel. I picked the wrong girl. Let's go find Susie. Let's go find uh, Terry. Let's go find uh, Elizabeth. Let's go find, you know, he didn't, he, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I did it wrong because she was greatly troubled. That's my point. If you and I are Christ followers and we struggle with this, it doesn't make us bad people. It didn't make Mary a bad person. God continued his plan. And he probably wasn't surprised at the fact that she was greatly what? Trouble. Are you tracking with me on this? She checked a few boxes of stress. How do you get there? How does it play out in your life? I, I was just doing it in my office. I looked at that list I told you about it, and I'm like, okay, here's some of the boxes she could have checked. Just, just with hearing this news, change in her life, check. Pressure, check. Worry, check. No control over the system or the, the circumstance, check. Uncertainty, check. Am I over exaggerating? I mean, this is a situation where stress was at a high level. Did she have feelings of hopelessness? Did she have nights of tears? Did she have bursts of anger? Did she have fatigue? I don't know. I don't know, the Bible doesn't say that. But what I can imagine, this is just Pastor Rob talking, what I can imagine is this 13-year-old young girl whose world has just been turned inside out, upside down, I guarantee you there had to be some tears. There had to be some heart racing. Yes? The pit of her stomach probably wanted to make her throw up. Can you relate? There's a book I was reading, and I want to read an excerpt out of it. It's, it's really good. It's called um, Christmas Hearts. But what I wanna, why I, read, I want to read this to you is we need to put flesh on this story. We need to picture, like, it's just more than one verse to the next verse to the next verse to the next verse. But there's some real life happening here. And, and, and this book did a really good job. It's called Christian, <laughs> Christian, Christmas Hearts. It says, Mary was in love. More than that, she was betrothed to be married to the handsome carpenter, Joseph. So binding was their betrothal that, that if Joseph should die before their marriage, she would be legally his widow. Their covenant to be married could not be broken without going through a divorce. They were married in the legal, though not the physical sense. Soon, soon <laughs> would come the wedding feast. Joseph would arrive with his kinfolk up at the path to her home as was the custom in every wedding, knocking joyfully on the door, he would call for his bride, Mary, Mary. That's a bad Joseph. Mary. <laughs> the rabbi would bless them and lead them through the joining ceremony. After much celebration, eating, and well-wishing, the newly married couple would enter the bridal chamber. Then they could be fully married. Married. Her Joseph was not a rich man, but there was, about, there was something about him, his priceless quality of a sturdy, righteous character. He was a solid yet tender man, and although he was a carpenter, the royal blood of the line of David 
flowed through his veins, as did in hers. He was also a student of the scriptures with an awe for God, unfortunately uncommon, and young men just past the 20th year in their day, he was considered almost old to be getting married for life was hard in the hills of Israel. Since life expectancy wasn't long, it was both normal and necessary to begin their family early. This puts flesh on this story, doesn't it? Like there was love in the air. There was real stuff that was happening. There was real stress, I believe, in Mary's heart. It's a picture of a smile turned upside down. The stress knob turned up. Again, I ask, can you relate? It's a tough place to be, isn't it, church? And the enemy would love for us to stay put right there. It's painful, but familiar. I don't want you to stay there. And God doesn't want you to stay there. There's better. I was sharing, um, you know, I've shared this before. We used to go down to Skid Row. I think it was once a month for years, right after the five o'clock journey service. And we'd bring food and clothes and blankets and shoes and we did all the stuff. And, you know, we were going to change the world. (laughs) And I learned quickly after a few visits, um, after meeting with some of those people down there and learning their names, that, and I'm going to say it this way, literally, at least in my experience, none of them wanted change. Like, I'm like, man, we could help you and we could get this for you and we could get this. And then we could eventually, and I'd point up to the apartment, like, we could eventually get you one of those. And they, they were kind. Most of the time they were kind. They'd say, thank you, but I don't want that. I want that warm meal that you gave me and thank you for the jacket. But this is my family right here on the streets. And that's hard, but I learned that that's, you know, and so we kept doing it just because at least they got the warm meal, right? And then we became, you know, acquaintances. I was going to say friends, but that might be a little exaggerated, but we knew their names and you'd go knock on the tent and you'd find out different things. But, but the, the point is, as an outsider, I'm like, you don't have to live like that. But people that are living in pain, people that are living in stress, now I'm transferring to just our lives. We'd rather the familiar of the pain than the unfamiliar of not having that pain or whatever that new pain would be. Did you catch that? That's pretty deep. And so I think the same is said for us that are dealing with the stress and stuff. It's like, if we're in it, that's all we know. But I want to tell you, that's not, on behalf of God, that's not how you're meant to live. There is another way. And that's what we get to talk about. Amen? This is the good stuff. This is the good news. So I want you to write this down. Um, joy. That's our, second, that's our second point this morning. Joy. Because if you look, Mary's response in Luke 1.38, after all of this that she walked through, all of the emotion, all of the pain, all of the, the life change and the frown, or the, the, the smile turning upside down to a frown, she says this in Luke 1.38, I am the Lord's servant. This young girl, 
I am the Lord's servant. May your words to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left. Do you see that transformation? Do you see the change that just happened there? Like literally, she went from greatly troubled to peace-filled, to joy-filled. And that's what's important about joy. Like her circumstance didn't change, did it? She's still pregnant. She still has to talk to Joseph. She still has to talk to her family. She's still gonna be, you know, maybe outcast with, uh, with the society or the community that she lives in, right? The external didn't change, but the internal did. Joy. Do you want joy? The definition of joy, let me give it to you. Joy is choosing, that's an important word, Choosing to respond to external circumstances with an inner contentment and satisfaction. Pastor, I don't like that. Joy is when things go my way. Joy is when my kid finally behaves or my, my, my husband apologizes or my wife does such and such or my bank account and, and we put all these external circumstances on it. I want to tell you the definition of joy is different. Happiness has to do with external. Go buy yourself a car and be happy until that first payment comes in the mail. Then all of a sudden, the smile turns to a frown, right? All of a sudden you think, oh, if I only had this man or if I only had this woman, then I'm going to be. Well, then you, everything's good until it's not good, right? So joy has nothing to do with the external, but it has everything to do with the internal, and that's what we need. We need joy. I need joy. Amen? So, so one of our ladies, right after service uh, last week, she was right there at the back, and I, I even put my arm around her. I think she's uh, mid-80s, something like that. And uh, I was always taught by dad, you don't ask a woman their age, right? And so, uh, so after services, uh, going into her home, she fell, and she broke, I think, a tibia or fibula. So, so I find this out, and uh, she has a three-hour surgery on Monday, 80 late 80s. So I just happened to have a, a schedule, uh, uh, a meeting uh, cancel early on Tuesday before our staff. So I stopped by West Hills Hospital and, and, and I go up and uh, I walk in the room and she just, just lit up. She's this big smile. Oh, pastor. And I said, hey, how are you doing? And she goes, oh, you know. And, and she looked really good for that age and having a three-hour surgery. And, and she kind of scooted herself up a little bit. And she says, grab a chair. And so I grabbed a chair and I sat next to her. And she was struggling to kind of, I mean, she's very coherent, but she's just struggling to express her heart. And, she's, and then she just grabbed my hand. And we just, I just held her hand and just rubbed her top of her hand. And, and she just, she started to express, like, I'm confused, you know, why am I here? Why did this happen? And, and uh, but then she was like, I said, well, tell me what you're really, like, what's at the heart of this? And well, I just don't know what the future holds, right? Of course, any of us would in that position, you know? Like, what's the rehabilitation? Or why did I not just die? And, you know, all those kind of, and, and, and then finally, she just kind of looked at me and she smiled and she goes, but Pastor Rob, God has always been with me. God loves me. And I, she goes, I love God. And she goes, I'm sorry for sharing all my fears. I said, no, it's okay to be scared. I would be scared, you know? I mean, it's, it's human, right? Just like we're saying it's okay to have stress in our life and this and that, but God doesn't want us to stay there. And so she went from this immediate sitting in this 
hospital bed and nurses and things and you know and and what am I going to do and all that and then and then somehow in our conversation God took her to the 30,000 foot view which allowed her to say the things of you know what God is good he's always had my back and that's what that's what I'm hoping for today for us or the people that you talk to it's like yeah we've got these circumstances I mean hello did you try and go shopping yesterday I was at Costco Oh my gosh, just try and get a parking spot over there anytime, but around this time. But you know what? I have to be honest, I got one pretty quick because I cut this person off. And no, no, I'm just kidding. I didn't, I didn't. It just, it was God. And, um, and, and, and you know what's funny? I, I'm sorry that I laughed, but I was by myself. I'm walking through the parking lot, and I can't even tell you, I must have heard 10 horns go off of people just honking at each other. And I'm just like, I kind of laughed. I'm like, Merry Christmas to us all, you know? But that's what this time of season does. It's just, even trying to find a parking spot, we get on edge and everything, we're maybe even right now, it's like, take a deep breath, amen? Take a deep breath. Climb up, get the 30,000 foot view. Yes, all these circumstances, we wish they could be different and I wish they could be different. But you know what? God is still God and he's got us. He's got you. Philippians 4.4, Paul's in prison. He's awaiting a death sentence. It's nearing the end of his life. And he writes in 4.4, Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. See, he wasn't, he wasn't looking at what was right in front of him. He was able to get that 30,000 foot view, wasn't he? And he's like, you know what? I can have joy even in the midst of this craziness. Psalms 47, one and two, clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with the cries of joy for the Lord most high is awesome, the great king over the earth, amen? God is still God. God is still good. James chapter one, I don't like this one. I don't like it, but I still have to read it. James chapter one, verse two through four. Consider it pure joy when you get that new car. Consider it pure joy when that man or woman fulfills your life. Consider it pure joy when Pastor Rob says, and in closing, (laughs) not supposed to laugh at that one. No, consider it pure joy when? What's it say? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials. Boo on you. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I don't want to be mature and complete. Nah. That's the, that's the human response, right? But the truth is, this is, this is good stuff. And you know what? I'm so proud. I look at so many of you. You've walked through some really difficult things. I, I look at people with job losses and, and health things that you've had, relationship breakups and all that, and you're still here. And I say, praise God. Um, that's what we're talking about here. It's like our, God does not exist and not not exist according to our circumstances. You know? And I've shared that before. Oh, God's the biggest God and the greatest God and the most wonderful God when everything's good for me. And then there is no God when God doesn't show up for me and do things that I want him to do. Did you catch that? God is. Consider it pure joy. Buddy, 
You're not an elf. Consider it pure joy. And we can laugh at that, but we've been the buddy. When something's been shared with us, it's not so fun. And we want to fall over. So as we close, joy. As we chose, close, we, we look at Mary, and in, in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 56, we see that she sings this song, right? We see that she goes from greatly troubled to saying, I'm the Lord's servant, we'll do what we're going to do, and then she sings this beautiful song, and I think she got a smile back on her face. Isn't that beautiful? So here's how I want to close, the how to have joy. Write this down, it's an acrostics, and actually... I think it's very practical. J-O-Y. How do you have joy? Jesus. That's the J. The angel told Mary to her how question, the Holy Spirit will come on you. See, what we can't humanly do, God can do through us and in us through his Holy Spirit. Don't try and manufacture joy on your own. It's only gonna be able to be there if we allow Jesus into our life. He is the joy giver. You want happiness and you can manufacture it, you can buy it, but it's, it's gonna come and go. But joy is found in Jesus and him alone. It's like, it's like uh, well, let me go to the O. The O is outlook. And you're like, outlook? What are you talking about? Outlook is perspective. She said, I am the Lord's servant. Then when she realized that she's the Lord's servant, that was the turning point when she remembered and saw the 30,000 foot view. But so many of us are stuck down in the muck. So many of us have our head in the pit. So many of us have the what ifs and what could be's that the joy has been robbed and the devil is won. And God has said, no, that's not how you have to live. It's like the happiest place on earth is Disneyland. And you may not agree with that, but let's pretend that's your happiest place. It said the happiest place on earth. And I, I when I was there the last time, you know, it's at night and there's going to be a fireworks show and there's going to be, um, uh, what is it, the snow, they have the snow and all that and everyone's there and it's, you're in the happiest place on earth and I see a three-year-old throw a fit because their mom and dad would not buy them the Mickey Mouse glow-in-the-dark balloon. Are you with me? This kid is in Disneyland with everything there. But its perspective is on the one thing that they couldn't have. And how many of us are like a three-year-old right now throwing a fit? Outlook. Paul says this in Colossians 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above where Christ is seated. Set seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on what? Earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden in Christ. Outlook, perspective. That's important, isn't it, church, for joy? Lastly, and you're definitely not gonna like this, your choice. How do we get joy? Jesus, outlook, it's your choice. It's your choice. That's free will. You want to live like the Grinch? You want to live like Eeyore, Bah Humbug? You want to live like, you know, all that kind of stuff? I could always find negative in this world. I could always find negative in my life, amen? I could always find a reason why. But the truth is, it's my choice. 
Oh, no, it's not, Pastor. But remember, true joy has nothing to do with the external. It has everything to do with the internal. I may not have control of the circumstances outside of me, but I have the control of my heart and how I'm going to see things. Joshua 24, 14 and 15. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors. Worship in the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if, I like this, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors or the gods of uh, the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Is that cool? Like, here it is. It's your choice. You want to do that? Fine. That's, you want to do this? Joy. I think is a choice. Father, thank you for the story of Mary. And thank you, Lord, that um, through her small journey that we looked at, that she, she got perspective. She was reminded of who's who and who's not. Thank you, Lord, that um, she ultimately would find joy in being our Savior's mother to have a front row seat. And God, I would pray that for each and every one of us, those that are online watching and listening, to those that are here. God, I would pray that the smile would overpower the frown, that the joy would overpower the stress. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Your tender mercies and your love that you've always shown me You forget all Billion